Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Sit down, John. Sit down, John. For God's sake, John, sit down. Not so fast, John. I said that last night. Oh, my God. No, John needs to show us how much he loves our podcast by heading over to Patreon.com to become one of our sponsors. How does one do that? Well, revolutionaries, head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends. Set up a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing and bringing these legends and stories to your ears. Okay, after I do that, can I shoot some fireworks into the night sky? It's daytime, Rob. Go back to your throne, King George. Oh my god. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I'm Kevin David Thomas. And this is Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Curtain. And make sure to join our Facebook page at Behind the Curtain, Broadway's Living Legends. And follow us on Instagram at Broadway Curtain Podcast. Plus, you can always listen to our podcasts on Broadway World and Stitcher. What has our guest today not done? Yeah, okay, exactly. so here's a couple of things. She auditioned for Agnes DeMille, became a lifelong friend of Jerome Robbins, watched Mary Martin fly and Carol Channing descend the stairs, not to mention working for Fellini, mm. helping films like The Last of the Mohicans come to fruition, and became a disciple of Stella Adler. Yeah, her Broadway appearances include some of them high button shoes Peter Pan Hotel Paradiso which we were just talking about Joan Robbins Ballet USA Sunday in New York and Hello Dolly and there is so many more things so. to talk Ruben Ruben Mark Blitzstein's Ruben Ruben which we'll talk about um, okay I'm getting ahead of myself oh. I'm so excited to tell us what it was like to work with such legends as David Merrick Phil Silvers Maureen Stapleton Marlon Brando Burt Lahr Goward Champion Charles Nelson Riley, so many more here is the original Tiger Lily and Miss Minnie Faye the one and only Sandra Lee Hello. Hello, Sandra. Hello, Sandra. Hello, John. <laughs> she's here and she's ready. Okay, oh Sandra, God. I'm going to ask you right from the get-go, what is the title of your autobiography? Uh, it's called I've Slept With Everybody. <laughs> Tell subtle. us a Yeah, I was going to say it's subtle. subtle. Lots, of, lots, of, lots of meaning in that. What does that mean, Sandra? Actually, what it means is not what it means. Mm-hmm. And so many people that, that have uh, great, great writer friends have said, oh, that's what I was going to call my book. But they didn't. <laughs> I did. And when I was, you know, starting very, very young, when I was in High Button Shoes, mm-hmm. uh, which was my first show, mm-hmm. and Jerome Robbins was just the choreographer right. at the time. Um, and uh, oh, who's that wonderful, old, wonderful uh, director? George Abbott. George. Yeah. Nobody ever called him, but Mr. Mr. Abbott. Abbott. I'm sorry. As nobody Mr. ever called. As nobody ever called David Merrick. David, Mr. I mean, yes. and if they were, they were struck dead, is all I can say, because I've never known anyone who called him yeah. David. Yeah. But anyway, uh, to go back to uh, just the title, people would say to me, you know, if you, if you want a good manager and if you want a good agent, if you, you, you know, you've got to get in the bed with them. It was a showbiz title. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's what I'm going to call my book, because... I've had more agents, I've had more friends, I've had more experiences in the theater, more desires, and that's that's how yeah. the title got, got born. I love it. It's such a good book, too. So now Thank we're going to jump all the way back. Where'd you grow up? Actually, I come from Newark, New Jersey. Yeah. And, and that's in my book as well, mm-hmm. how, how I started. And actually, when I was a little kid, my Aunt Dinah came from a very poor family. My Aunt Dinah, who was a teacher... She, taught, uh, she took me to the Mosque Theater in Newark, New Jersey. 
and I saw Peter Pan. <laughs> and uh, this is, I mean, it's... You can't make this up. No, I mean. you can't. And what happened was that uh, Peter was then on a rope that went flying through the air, and he said, Neverland, I'm going to Neverland. And I don't know, I was just a little kid. I got up and said, take me with you. <laughs> and that's how it began. And then uh, we went to see the ballet. And I went backstage, uh, uh, the Ballerus de Monte Carlo. Oh, okay. And uh, the ballerina then was Alexandria Danilova. Oh, okay. And I went backstage. I don't know how my aunt died. It got me back there. And there she was, sitting on a trunk eating a Hershey ball, <laughs> this <laughs> great Russian ballerina. Sophistication, yes. And, and I, I had seen Spectre de la Rose, which was a very famous ballet at the time with uh, Iglevsky mm -hmm. and Yuskevich. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I'm going to do that. And so when my Aunt Donna took me home, I, I went to the local dancing school and got a scholarship. And how old were you? I'm sorry, how I old was were you? A like, kid, yeah, eight. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. And um, I danced my ass off. And then I wrote a letter. And I said, I'm in a local dancing school, but I think I'm special. And I got a letter from Alexandra Danilova, and it's in my book, and said, come dance for me. Oh and I got on the subway, which I think was a nickel, from Newark, New Jersey, through uh, Secaucus. You could always smell Secaucus. <laughs> I think you still can. Because they, they had, the, that's where they, you know, they, they took animals and, and yeah. you cool. know. Slaughters and yes. slaughterhouse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's oh, really, that, that was Secaucus. And then, you know, after Secaucus was New York City. Oh. And yeah. I found myself in my roller skating skirt <laughs> and a little Palm Beach. Uh, uh, blouse. And you're like a teenager, and I'm my, guessing? Like a... and, my, and my eurythmic shoes, my <laughs> acrobatics, and I danced for Alexandra Danilova, and she said, jump in the air and turn. So I just, with passion, you wouldn't believe, flew into the air and did a double air tour. Mm. And she said, do three. And I went for three, and I fell. She never laughed. And she said, you are a dancer. I send you to dancing school. And Alexandra Danilova, the great Russian ballerina, sent me. I, and do you believe it? I oh, have the postcards. The postcards as yes. from, from Danilova. And they're in that little book. And oh, I slept with everybody. Yeah, That's yes. what I mean yeah. when I said Exactly, that. yes, of course. And, and so uh, she sent me to dancing school. Which was where? Uh, in, in Carnegie Hall. So then you had to live in New York, or did no, you? you no, no, I was a little kid. Yeah, I was. I wasn't. I wasn't out of grammar school. Oh, and uh, um, then I went home. My mother uh, said, "You know, why don't you get a, a job in a department store, or something like that?" You know, yeah. it wasn't exactly a supportive yeah. home, and. Um, I sent her, uh, uh, she said, you can't go there. You're, that's no scholarship, you know. Uh. And actually, I sent her another letter to Alexandra, and she sent me to another school, which was Carnegie Hall, Studio 61. And as a little kid, I went every Saturday for the nickel in, this, in the subway. I may get emotional. I'm sorry. By yourself? Yes. Wow. My goodness. Yeah. No, but I, I, well, I was famous for running away. I used to run. Oh, really? Yeah, I used to run away. I ran away all my life. All my life. But uh, when I was that young, I used to run away downstairs in the basement mm -hmm. and sit next to the furnace. Oh. I don't know why. Yeah, but I, I, I knew I wasn't in the right place. Oh. So you, it sounds like you were trying to get out at an early age. You were trying to. Trying to go somewhere. somewhere. Mm -hmm. And. When I got to Studio uh, 61, how fortunate I was, because I had not the language of dance. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, dance. Yeah. And uh, they put me in the professional class because Danilova had sent me. Right. And so on one side was Yuskevich, 
And the others, you know, Andrei Yuskevich was, uh, uh, Igor Yuskevich yes. was there, and Andrei Iglevsky was in front. And we did grand batmans and all this thing. I had no idea what I was doing. I kicked <laughs> the shit out of both of them. Mm -hmm. And But then this man arrived, whose name was Edward Caton. Mm. And Eddie Caton was this wonderful, live, long person. And he said, you, dance for me. And he was really a character dancer, teacher. Mm. And he ignited something within me because I ignited something within him. Mm. And he taught me how to move, but not in a balletic way, but in an actor's way. And uh, take the bird and put it in a nest. And then, I don't know, he, he ignited my imagination. And as a result, I became very visually aware. I, I saw things differently. I smelled things differently. And they gave me a scholarship there. And that was the beginning of my growing. Mm. Uh, oh, and then afterward, um, I got a job in a Russian nightclub. The man who owned the Russian tea room at that time, mm -hmm. his name was Misha Besov. What a name. Misha yeah. Besov. And, and, and the Russian tea room went from 57th Street through to 56th Street. Oh. There were, there were like two kitchens yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, what, what happened was that I went to Washington. Um, underage, I had no working papers, but I worked with a Russian group, they were all, you know, they yes. sang the songs and did the things and everything. And um, there was a sword swallower, you know, and stuff like that. But I, I was very lonely because they were older people. They were old Russians. And, um, but I'd never been in a nightclub. I'd, I played the Borscht circuit, you know, Mrs. Ader's Walnut House on the Hill in the Gatskills. <laughs> In the Catskills. The Catskills. Yeah, I worked oh, the Catskills I when I was 12, 13, called the High Neighbor Review, which is a whole other story. There. The yeah. High Neighbor Review? The High Neighbor Review, and what uh, was hilarious, I mean, hilarious, but we were like 10, 100 watt bulbs, you know, <laughs> and we sang and danced and did whatever we were. But what I did was, uh, come to think of it, when I was in the Catskills, I... I took that song that I heard. I went down to the St. James Infirmary. Mm -hmm. You know, people in the theater and in the arts are connected to their pasts, yes. what they smelled, what they touched, what they remembered. They, yeah. they just do. And I did a dance at Mrs. Ader's Walnut House on the Hill in the Catskills. To that song, I got one of the waiters who was also the clarinetist. I mean, it was one of those. Of course. <laughs> and uh, uh, he played St. James Infirmary, and I danced. I did this, I don't know, cockamamie dance, I don't, on a table, that, and I heard screaming. And I thought, oh, I'm a great success. And it was Mrs. Ader saying, out, get her out. She fired me. She fired me. Nobody, nobody's going to do dirty dancing in my hotel. And just like that, you were... I was fired. And years later, the girl that, that, that actually replaced me, years later, in high-button shoes, was my understudy. Her name was Eleanor Trieber. Yeah. Small I mean, I've had, uh, my whole life has been like that. Yeah, that a series of circles yeah. that never end. Do you remember the first Broadway show that you ever saw? Yes. Um, yes, and it wasn't Peter Pan, because that was something... That was a tour. That was in... Uh, uh, the Mosque Theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did see my Aunt Dinah took me to see Best Foot Forward. Oh. Oh my gosh. Buckle down, Windsocky, yeah. buckle down. And you know who I saw in that? Nancy Walker. Oh, the who great became years Nancy later Walker. a friend. Yes, of yeah. course. Oh my yeah. gosh. Great. Just had to know that. Just curious. I mean, it's really weird, isn't it? And we yes. were in the two last seats in the balcony. Oh my goodness. I had read that, or maybe I forget where I read it, that you actually met Robbins on the street. Is that true? What happened was, I didn't meet him on the street, but I had auditioned for, I forget what the name of the play was, 
but Agnes DeMille was the choreographer. Yes. I don't know, something about skyscraper or something like this. I so, think Allegro. I had read that it was Allegro. Allegro. Maybe Allegro. Yes. And she was the choreographer. And they lined us up, you know, as they do in a... a yeah. And, uh, and then she said, somebody said to me, whatever they ask you, you say yes. So she said, who do you study with? And I was obviously amusing the shit out of right. the people sitting out there. And uh, it, was, it was Allegra. And, and she said, who do you study with? And I remember, I remember Martha Graham. Mm-hmm. And I remembered, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, wonderful black dancer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, oh, Catherine Dunham. And I said, I studied with Martha Dunham. And there was a lot of laughing out front. And she said, oh, good. And she said, and who do you, uh, she, can you do a swastika? Which is, it's a, it's a, yeah. a, a modern gesture. Yeah. And I said, yes, because everybody said, whatever they say, you say yes. And she said, do it. I said, well, why don't you come up here and we'll do it together. And she said, thank you, thank you very much. And I was excused. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's it. So I went up Schubert's Alley, and, and there were a bunch of dancers out there. And I said, what, what went on then? They said, well, we were just in there with Robbins. And so I opened the door. Did you know the name Robbins at the I time? I had no idea. Okay, good. Okay. And so I walked in the door, Schubert Alley. So it must have been like the Schubert Theater then. It was. Yes. It was the Schubert Theater. Okay. And there were auditions. And so, but nobody was there. And this little guy came up and said, oh, I said, who's Robbins? And this, this voice said, I'm Robbins, who are you? And I said, I'm Sandra. And I just auditioned for, I think it was a labor or whatever yep. the, that was. With, uh, and I said, and, and they didn't take me, so I'm going home to commit suicide. <laughs> okay. And he said, don't. He said, dance for me. There's nobody in the theater. It's black. It's black. Just that one, you know, night. Ghost light, yeah. And I don't know what happened, but I flew around <laughs> like with Danilo, <laughs> like that. And he said, "Put her in group A. No, put her in group B. No, put her in Amazons," which was his joke because I was so small. Yeah. <laughs> which is how. My nickname at that time became Peanuts. Peanuts? He, yeah. But anyway, what happened was, because this is really off the top of my head, um, I, I didn't hear anything. I didn't know what finals were. I got a card that said, you're in the finals. Okay. And I, I went to the finals, you know, and like there were hordes of dancers right. coming like this. And then... I came, and we were supposed to put our foot in the water and then say, ooh, it's cold, and then say, oh, there's my husband. Okay, this was part of the audition. <laughs> and I didn't know what anybody was doing, so I went out there, and I did my version of that. And for some reason, I did a double take when I saw my husband. And the place started to laugh, and oh. then I got applause. Oh. And then I heard, I saw... Uh, it was Monty Proser, Joe Kipnis, and Jerry Robbins all talking. Okay. And and when I saw Jerry, I waved at him. I thought he was like my uncle, you know. <laughs> and uh, and they were talking. I knew they were talking about me. And I thought I'm going to be a star. There were eleven dancers who were hired, yeah. and, and and eleven girls mm-hmm. and ten boys. Mm-hmm. I was the 11th girl. Jerry got his way. Jerry got his way. Mm-hmm. And then things happened. I mean, that, then the baby crook came from there, and then the, the baby crook in the Max Senate Ballet. Yes. So this is High then, Button Shoe. Yes. High Button yes, Shoe. Yes. My Spoiler. first yes. show. And I'm, talk about green. Mm. Talk about not knowing what in the world. And this was, this was in a theater that was near Central Park. Uh-huh. It was way, way yeah. uptown. It yeah. was not part of the Broadway scene at all. Mm-hmm. But then, then I, he started calling me Peanuts. Peanuts. Mm-hmm. And finally one day I said, Mr. Robbins, you know, why do you call me? Who, what's Peanuts? He said, from the Charles Schultz cartoon. 
peanuts. You are. Pe-. I said, which one am I? And he said, Sandra, you're all of them. And that name, Peanuts, I was called Peanuts for years until people who I didn't know started calling me Peanuts. And that's when I cut it. I yeah. never used it again. Yeah. I never used it again. Tell us some stories about working on high button shoes. Phil Silvers and Annette Fabre. Oh, he was a joy. Yeah. And Annette Fabre was too. Those people were great. And then I, I didn't have my name on the program. You, you know, I wasn't, I don't know what I was, you yeah. know. But, but Lois Lee. Was in it, and and you know they had the the big affiche, you right. know the. Her name was on it, so when I, when I showed friends of mine, I would stick my finger over Lois and take a picture, like it, yeah, like it was me. But I was never in it. But then the reviews came out, and they said something about a sawed-off youngster named Sandra Lee or something. Wow. Like so that. even then, you got singled out in the reviews. Yeah, That's yeah, cool. but it, I owe my life. To Jerome Robbins. So tell us, and you know, even we're to never, this day, we're never going to get to know him uh, uh, unless it's through your stories and other stories that we've heard. We, I, we've never talked to anyone that really knew him the way that you do. Can you tell us, just give us personality? What was it like to to watch him choreograph? What was it like to put his choreography on you? What was it like to be in the room with him? You know, I must say that of all the people who who've worked with Jerry. I don't know exactly why I had this thing with Jerry. In fact, next week uh, I've been invited to NYU. They're doing, and, and this, this thing that I wrote about Jerry um, for the Jerome Robbins Foundation. That's what it's for, yes. Actually, they, it's been assigned to them to read mm-hmm. oh, wow. so that I can speak about it. Right. Uh, because I saw, him, I saw him in a different way. I saw him, I knew, I, I just saw him. You knew him outside of work, it seems, too. I mean, oh, you knew I'm, him personally. Oh, like, yes. Deeply yeah. personally. Yeah. You know, so you got to see a side of him that most people don't get to see, even if you were in a show with him, right? I oh, mean, yes. Yeah. What was he like behind closed doors? I mean, you know, a lot of the anecdotes. He was. First of all, when he got nervous, he was a stutterer. Mm-hmm. Ah. And I had no idea what kind of affection that he had mm-hmm. for me. But it was obviously a special yeah. thing because he introduced me to his family. Mm. And, and through the years, they've always treated me as somebody very special. Yeah. And, 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 and when Jerry died, um, I, I was brought to the house, oh. and that's in my book, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, watching him in his bed, yeah. you know, um, in his room, mm-hmm. which he loved. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a very simple man mm-hmm. who was interested in everything, which I think instilled that, that thing within me. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in everything. Yeah. As a result, I'm a painter, uh, I'm a designer, I'm now a director, now yeah. a writer. Yeah. And I think he did that. I think as we grow older, I think I disappointed Jerome Robbins as he disappointed me. Huh. I mean, they, they, they were, when, when he did Ballet's USA, mm-hmm. I had had a very serious accident and, and an operation. And he wanted, when we did Ballet's USA back here on Broadway, I was still healing. And I had a limp. And I didn't want, I didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was very angry with me. And, I didn't want to limp. Right. I, did, I didn't. If I couldn't do it like it should have been right. done, I didn't want yeah. to do it. But um, Jerome Robbins was perhaps a cipher to many people. Mm-hmm. The secret of of getting along with Jerry outside of knowing him personally was wanting his approval, and if if he smelled that. And you, he could be vicious. Mm, 
that is in line with so many stories we've heard of people who wanted his approval, you could tell, yeah. And if, if they just realized that that was the one thing he didn't want to deal with, you know. Which makes sense when you walked into that theater, that dark theater, and you were just you, and he just saw this little little peanuts coming in, you know, then it makes sense that he would be attracted to that because you were just, you have this energy that is, you don't care yeah, what people think. Yeah, but you think. know, I, I, I saw him over the, over the years in so many different ways, you know, where I didn't even know why I was there, frankly, you know. That's why I think, that's why I think when, when I write about him in my book or when I, when I wrote about him in that one, in that one thing that, that, yes, uh, yeah, I, I, I wish there, there were just things that I saw him do, but, you know, and he, he was never fancy, you see, yeah. like, he used to have a place on 55th Street off Park Avenue, we thought that was really ritzy-bitsy, you know, and uh, he had a little room that had a chair, and he said, there's a ghost, and he, he believed in that ghost, that that ghost would come and sit in that chair, and I saw that ghost. I mean, you know, I, 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 I knew Jerry. That's, I can't, and he knew me. I, I don't know exactly why. But he cared about cooking. He cared about, he, you know, geniuses, you'll never figure them out. And, and there was a person next to that genius. Right, a human, yes. Yeah. Yes. yes, you know, I, I have visions of him just trying to play Chopin or doing something like anybody else, you yeah. know? Or that he was really worried that he made a meatloaf and it wasn't really good, you know? <laughs> he needed that. He, mm -hmm. he, uh, let's talk, can we talk about Ruben Rubin and the Mark oh. Blitzstein? I, I, I have a huge fascination with Mark Blitzstein. So oh. if he was in the room, I'd love to hear about it, but I also want oh. to hear about this piece. I'll tell you, when I first came to New York, these are stories I've never told anybody. Thank you. Yay. That's but, what, yes, yeah, because that's what we want. When I came to New York uh, through Marlon, actually, which is a whole other Marlin. thing. The Mar so when, he, when, he came, when he saw me in dancing school and then right. in Washington, I, I read in the paper that he was in a play called The Eagle Has Two Heads okay. with Tallulah Bankhead. Huh? And I said, oh, his name is not Marlo Dugo. His the name Bimbo, is Marlon whatever. Brando. So I he was the guy that came to your class. Yes. You were, okay. So I went backstage and, and, and said I was from Olga Tarasova's class and that I was at the Russian nightclub. And he invited me to come see him in the play uh -huh. with Tallulah. Mm -hmm which, by the way, he was fired from. And I have letters in that book yes. from him about that time. And, uh, and we, he, would, he would meet me at the, at the, uh, at the Russian nightclub, Balalaika, and he would, we would go and he showed me Washington. And we would climb the, the pilgrims' statues and put you know, a donut in their hand or something. Goofballs, I love it. Yeah, but just, yeah. you know, and he took very good care of me. And then once he wrote me a letter and said, may I sleep with you sometime? Oh, yeah. And because I was just about ready to do sure. that. Sure, yeah. And, so, it's more the brand and that's how he became uh -huh. my first lover. First? Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> didn't see that why, one coming. That's why when they, re they read the, the book one. about my life. First. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that one coming at all. Oh. <laughs> Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. So then how did that get you to then Ruben Rubin? Uh, and what happened with Ruben Rubin was that when I first came to New York, I heard this record 
and it was called No for an Answer. Yeah, Carol Channing, yeah. No, no. No. No, I don't think so. This was way before. And uh, it was No for an Answer, and there was a song in it that was just like, Nancy, Nancy, and it haunted me. Mm -hmm. And wherever I went, I would say, do you know Mark Blitzstein? I have to meet Mark Blitzstein. Mm -hmm. There was an audition for Ruben Rubin. I was already in a play. I forget which one it was at the time. And I came out on stage, and Bobby Lewis, Robert Lewis was the director, and he said, Sandra, you're in a play. What are you doing here? And I said, I have to work with Mark Blitzstein. And this little guy got up and said, I want her. <laughs> and that's how I ended up in Ruben Rubin. Oh, my goodness. And, and with Hanya Holm, who I didn't even know who it was at that time. And it, it was one of the most spectacular musical experiences I've ever had in my life. I wonder why it never came to New, why it didn't make it, you know, to New York. I mean, I it know was, it's... No, R Bobby Lewis ran away. There it is. He ran away. The director ran away. Ran away because he had another show that he was going to do, and and Hanya. Hanya never n never recovered in a way either, and Eddie Albert and I became very good friends, mm -hmm. and uh, and I thought Eddie was wonderful as well, but it. And a, a wonderful singer, Alan Case, George Gaines mm -hmm. was in oh, it. Yes. Evelyn Lear was eventually did Morning Becomes Electra yes. at the Met. Yeah. I mean, sure. what a cast! Talk about voices that because he wrote in a theatrical. I mean, he did Cradle of Rock before, but this was he wrote in almost he wrote an opera Regina. I, this was but like, he sat in this dressing room and said to me, Sandra, this one I'm not afraid. Mm -hmm. I am unafraid. Mm -hmm. He said. How does Peter Pan come into your orbit? Uh, Peter Pan. That uh, well, I was originally well, that was Jerry, uh -huh. and and Jerry was then beginning to direct, direct, mm -hmm. and I was again. It was a show nobody knew what they were going to do with me, and he he was thinking of me as as one of the little lost boys. Mm -hmm. yeah. He just wanted me in that yes. show. But then what happened was that things just began to be something else and be something else because people came and went, you know. Ooh, tell us more. Oh, yeah. The, uh, uh, the original uh, score. Yes, Moose Charlap. Was yeah. Moose, mm -hmm. who I adored. Yeah. And... Um, Betty, no. No, no they came they much came after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, uh, Carolyn Lee? Carolyn yeah. Lee. They were the two original Yes, people. that's right. They were most of the And songs. I loved that score. Jerry Robbins was directing now. Yes. Jerry was directing. And, we have and then score. I became yeah. a little lost boy. But when I... They were rehearsing in California, and, and I came from New York... There, I, I don't remember exactly yeah. why, but you know, you you in, you travel on a train and or on a, uh, the, in the old days, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they put you on a train. Yeah. What happened was we opened in San Francisco, and the reviews were not very good. Mm. And one of the reviews said that Cyril Richard, who I loved madly, mm. uh, ran away with the show, mm -hmm. who was closely followed by Tiger Lily, who was closely followed by Mary Martin. Which, so then from, things started from what flying I hear, out. This part did not like that at all. Yeah, and I had a, a, a song. A, I had a, a song yeah. called We Come Get You Beware uh, that was cut. And uh, and then she played. Because she played of Mary, the, did Mary have you get that song cut, do you think? I, mean, I don't know, it wasn't Mary, but it certainly was her husband. <laughs> Which. We've heard. Connect the dots. dots. The, like, yeah, okay, the Black it. Pearl. Yeah. We used to call it the yeah. Black Pearl. Oh, man. Yeah. And, uh, so they cut your song. They took my song, and but then she played the fiddle, and I played the frying pan. And then, then things began to change, and that's when Carolyn and Moose sort of, they didn't know. They kept, they kept their songs, and their songs are still in it. Right. But then came people, you know, and... When you're working very hard and you're very young and 
You're not a scuttlebutt person. You know, it, I just, I used to, opening nights, I would find my way into the theater in my bedroom slippers. I mean, I didn't know about getting dressed up and yeah. opening nights and all that. It, it, it never occurred to me, and still doesn't. <laughs> At this point, you know, you'd been on Broadway twice. Was mom supportive now of what you were doing? Was your family supportive of you doing this? I had my mother banned from the theater because... Like, she, straight out of Gypsy. She, she came... Well, I once found my mother, I can say it now, in my dressing room, in my costume. And this was in High Button. He said, guess who could be your understudy? Oh. Yeah. What? Oh, my gosh. That's a true story. That's like oh, straight wow. up Mama yeah. Rose. I mean, that's some well, crazy. I'm, now that I'm a much older person, I realize what it meant to her, I'm sure, you know, but, having never been acknowledged yes. as anything. Right. And here you, know. you are. And here I... Yeah. I I ran away always, so I never really grew up in a family or with family uh, traditions. Right. My family are my friends, the are my theater friends, yeah. and so and I and and I I'm in awe of them who have children, and who have families. So you did you did Peter Pan, and they're changing it on the road. And I, they changed it. They, yes, they, things came and went, right. and you would hear the tick, 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 tick of, of typewriters. That's what I heard. I heard it everywhere we went. I heard that, and that's when that's when Adolf and Betty yeah. and those new songs yeah. came in. And uh, the the one song though that I remembered called "When I Went Home," yeah. I again fearlessly went into her dressing room and said. Miss Martin, why are you cutting when I went home? It's, it's a very famous story, but it's true. And she said, no one applauded. And I said, they didn't for the Gettysburg Address. You are amazing. <laughs> so fast, too. Like, that's just... I did say that, and, it, and people quoted yeah. I didn't think it was smart ass. No, I know. It's you know? true. You're right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to prove a point. And you, because you loved it that much. And uh, I'm amazed that she had, I mean, of course, she had that much power that she could have a song taken out. I mean, but, I'm you know, amazed. It's, but that song, and uh, may I say, Mary sang it exquisitely. Oh, I'm sure. sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and then it comes to Broadway, and it's a hit, correct? Yes, but the, but it was it opened as a limited run. Oh, on Broadway. Right. Huh. I remember that, and uh, I remember that because it's the only one that I've ever done that was like that. Yeah, okay. It was like it was supposed to be for a short period of time. And so, what happened? It just got so popular. Oh wait, I'll tell you though what happened oh. was so then it became a sensation, you know, and and I and that's when after that that's when they did. The TV. Mm. And at that time, it was the first time that six million people saw one show. At one time, yes. At one time. And we went to Brooklyn and shot it. And, and, and it was funny because the orchestra was in one room. I mean, it was really weird. They shot it again in color, right? The second, one, the second time Second, the, the, the next one was in color. And you're in both. Yes. I'm yeah. in the original black and white, mm -hmm. which they never could find. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then those, yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah. Hey, podcast listeners, are you looking for a place to rehearse in New York City that is clean, spacious, and most importantly, affordable? Come check out Shetler Studios and Theaters, our wonderful host for these podcasts. Shetler is centrally located on West 54th Street between Broadway and 8th Avenue, right in the heart of the theater district. Right in the heart, you'll find music, dance, and acting studios, complemented by two black box theaters and six presentation venues. The professional facilities, inspired environment, and expert industry staff combined to provide the New York artist with an unparalleled studio experience. Visit their website at shetlerstudios.com. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. Shetler Studios and Theaters is our home for recording the legends of Broadway, and we hope that you make it your artistic home, too. That's Shetler, S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. See you here.
Did you realize that when you were working on something like Peter Pan that you were in the golden age of musical theater? Did you realize that there was just... I never think of... I, I just... I, work. I, I just, no, it was... I, I wanted... As I became more and more an actor, um, I, I do my homework. And Peter Pan was actually never called Peter Pan. It was originally called Wendy's Dream. And it was a play in five acts. And I have a copy of it. Oh, oh my God, I didn't know that. By yes, God, James Barry. And he said, people in their dreams, which has to do with psychoanalysis today, yeah. show up in their dreams as different people. Oh. And the only one who doesn't, like Mr. Darling chastises the children, mm-hmm. yes? And, and the dog, yeah. Nana. They, in Wendy's dream, become the, the crocodile. Yeah. Nana becomes a crocodile. And, and, um, and Mr. Darling makes all the children go to bed. You know, and he says, no, no, no. And what happens is that he becomes Captain Hook. Mm-hmm. The only one who doesn't change, as far as James Barry is concerned, is the mother. Mm-hmm. And Mrs. Darling never shows up again yeah. in that dream. I wonder why. Because mothers never change. <laughs> that's, that, that was... The, yeah, so, I mean, when you read, you know, more and more about oh, James Barry, the more you understand. And Tiger Lily didn't exist. Uh, she, w- she became the maid, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mary wanted her daughter to be in the show. Uh-huh. So she became the maid, and I became Tiger Lily. How interesting. Wow. You did a show called Hotel Paradiso. Ah! And I just yes. want to talk to you about some of the cast members. Just yes. to name some people yep, that just were in a this. Uh, Carlton Carpenter, a former guest. James Coco. Uh, Bert yeah, Jimmy Barr, Coco. Angela Lansbury. Your, Which I your, think was her first uh, Broadway credit, I believe. Actually, I think it was. Yeah, this yeah. is like 62 years ago. This is a nice group of people. What was this experience like? It was a remarkable experience. Tell us. I me. never stopped laughing. I oh, tell yeah? you. And I, you know how I got that job? Yeah. I had been in Paris with... Roland Petit with the Ballet de Paris. Mm-hmm. And I, when I was in Peter Pan, this, uh, we were in California, and this car came by. We had opened in San Francisco, and we, then we played L.A. before we ever came to New York. Mm-hmm. And this car came by, and this French guy stands up, and he said, you, I want you. I said, who are you? He said, Roland Petit. And I said, oh, okay. He said, you'll hear from me. And I got this offer to co-star with them in the... <laughs> In the ballet it's the classic Sanjali story because it's just like, of course, a guy in a car rolled up and was like, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it was him. So when I came back, um, I auditioned for Hotel Paradiso, and there was a woman who was already a star on Broadway, um, but I had done Ruben Ruben with George Gaines, her husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah, George Gaines. Yes. He was in That's Paradiso. Right. I, it was quite a group. I've never done an, anything that was not quite a group. Was this your first play? I, I can't. I think uh, first Broadway play. Maybe. No, Sunday in New York. No, it was either. Par- I don't know I which came with. Was after because I'm thinking. You know, sometimes no, it was business- Hotel Paradiso because I just came back from, from Palais Paris. de Paris, and so, so some- I'm still dancing serious. I'm impressed that you know in this business sometimes we get pegged as like dancer. That's it, and then all of a sudden here you are in this play. I mean, <laughs> but I, I just come from France, so I knew French, <laughs> and I that they made me a black wig, which I loved. Oh, yeah. You know, I was really coquette. I was yes, a and I played with Carlton Carpenter. Yes, the wonderful Carlton Carpenter. Yes. Bert Lahr. What was Bert? Like? Now you know, and and I must say that that his family is extraordinary. Yeah. But Bert was extraordinary. He was a hypochondriac, and you would find him on the phone. As you came into the, if 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 he had a cold, we all had to have a shot. Um, uh, or he he was unbelievable. That's a great name. I mean, he was unbelievable. He was a hypochondriac, really. But and but you could throw him a line from an, from waiting for Godot, and he went right into it. <laughs> <laughs> that I believe I as it. well. Yeah. And then Jimmy Coco. I love Jimmy Coco. A fabulous actor. He was, but only, and, and then I think he had a, a small part. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, the whole thing was Fado. I yeah. mean, mm-hmm. how often can you get the opportunity to do Fado? So true. Now, 
I have to ask on on because it's on your resume. Right. Uh, Federico Fellini's La Dolce Vita. Okay. I was in Spoleto, actually. Mm-hmm. I was in Spoleto. Um, first, I had gone with Jerry with Ballets USA. Uh-huh. And then I went back with John Butler uh, 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 because I had, I had had a very bad accident in Ballets USA. And, uh, and Michael Kakayanis was there. Mm. And Michael Kakayanis said, you look like Cassandra when you do the Trojan Women. And I said, well, nobody knows, but I'm a member of the actor's studio, and I'm a very serious actor. And he said, it's yours. And so I, I, I did it with, <laughs> yeah. So, I, and that's how I became a Greek tragedy actress with Mildred Dunlop. So, so you, you were, <laughs> I, can't. I can't. So, okay, so you were in that. And then Fellini saw you and no, said... No, a, a, a friend of his, whose name just went out of my head, but it, it's in my book, mm-hmm. um, saw me. And he told Fellini about it. And Fellini said, I want to see her. Because at that time, they said, she's, she's like Giletta Messina. Mm-hmm. So he, he sent for me. Uh, and at that time, Gloria Swanson was hanging around. She was trying to get into Gor- Zorba. Okay. She wanted to do Zorba. I mean, we were all in Spoleto. Spoleto was an amazing oh, it place. Magical. Yeah. It was. And we and when we went with Jerry, it was just when it opened. Yeah. You know, they used to carry us through the streets on their shoulders. <laughs> really. Oh my God. Yeah. And so you get into the. I can't. When did you uh, join the actor's studio? Uh, um, I joined the actor's studio. Because of, I'm trying to think, how did I get there? I think because of Lee, uh, of Lee Strasberg, and and um, and and everybody, uh, Jerry Page, and they just said, I I never auditioned. I yeah. just so you you just started going to these classes. I, I had Lee, but my teacher was the great Stella Adler, mm. who Marlon Brando, when I said, I really don't want to just dance, I want to act, I want to act. And he said, I'll take it to my teacher. So Marlon took me to his teacher, who became my teacher, yes. and I taught for Stella yes. for 15 years. So what was it like being in a classroom with Stella Adler? One of the great experiences of your life. She mm. was the most seductive. Yes knowledgeable, well-traveled, seductive, mm-hmm. spoiled, mm-hmm. and proud of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. What made her such a good teacher, or what lessons from her do you take with you when you direct or coach actors? Because the, the, the actors you've coached, my God. Do you mind if I read down the list really? Please do. Uh, such people on her, her coaching list include Jane Fonda, Marlon Brando, Dustin Hoffman, Cindy Lauper, Sally Field, John Malkovich, Elle McPherson, uh, Donna Hanover, Amy Adams, Sean Combs. My God, this is Puff Daddy the, of all three names. So what did you take from her? And rock and roll. I would and rock, rock and roll. Yes, my God. Uh, what, do you, what did you take from her that you now use when you're teaching or directing? Wonderful, because what she what she did as a teacher is that you know there are two there are two schools. Um, one is the actor's studio, which says if Lee, if you're working with Lee, find the pain, yeah. get the pain, you know. And Stella would say, yes, I could, I could play. Uh, the woman in the village, just as long as I'm the queen. <laughs> and, and that was the, yeah. the, the, the kind of mentality. Mm. She would say, go to museums, travel, have lovers, um, paintings. Mm. Whereas the studio was find the inner, find the you know. And uh, it's, it's, it's the difference of two different techniques, but they all taught the same thing. Mm-hmm. They were all members, you know, of, of that one group. Yeah. The group theater. Yeah. And each one of them became directors or whatever, but they found the one thing that they did best in order to relate to an actor. Yeah. 
and that is Sandy had repeat, yes. you know, I like your hair, yes, I love I like it. Your hair, you yes. like my hair, I like your hair. Yes. Well, whatever it was, each one, hers was much more intellectual. Hers was go out and find the background to your homework, mm. whereas the studio is really find the core, Inside, yeah. you know. And it, it makes, the combination is what makes a fine, yeah. well, well-rounded right. actor. And Stella was truly Marlon's teacher and inspiration. Mm-hmm. And um, when Stella died, he asked me to read that letter mm-hmm. that he wrote about her, you know. Wow. And uh, she was a remarkable woman, remarkable, and seductress like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. You wouldn't believe. <laughs> and it's so wonderful that her her teaching style is now living on through you and through others, obviously. But uh, and through her school. And through the school. But I have very little to do with the school because I don't I don't know what they're doing. I, yeah. You know, I I know what she what she ignited in me mm-hmm. that works. If I can pass that on, yeah. I will. Or if I'm working with someone, let's say. Whether, uh, like a Dustin Hoffman or a, a Mar- yeah. Jane Fonda, Sally Field. Yeah, well, I, I yeah, because th- those were movies too yeah. that yeah. I worked with uh, on those, and uh, and to this day though, uh, you know, somebody will call and say I, I'm stuck. Where, you yeah. know, I said, well, yeah. let's let's go look through the script. Is there a difference between coaching an actor for a stage performance as opposed to an on-camera performance? Absolutely. They're can you two ex- different mediums. Can you explain what some of the differences would yes, be? Yeah, I can. And that is, one is projection. Mm. And oddly enough, in the theater, you break that wall, mm-hmm. you know, even within a play. But you know that yes. there are people out there. Yeah. It's vocal. A camera records thought. Mm-hmm. A camera, if you allow it, if you allow it, goes in and gets. Whereas you project in the theater, whether it's vocally or whether it's a theme. And when you make a movie, you shoot out of sequence very often. So you you have to really know what begat that that scene. Also, to one is verbal and the other is visual. Mm -hmm. And until you really understand that, Theater people can adjust much more easily to film than film people who suddenly don't. I agree. Because they have a, they have a, yeah, a, a mic. A mic yeah. on them. Whispering in films. Yeah, they're whispering. Yeah, they're whispering. I mean, I feel like yeah. Half yeah. The films or, now. or, or, uh, the great ones allow the camera in. Uh-huh. Or you have a director who understands the medium. Mm. Marlon, oddly, oddly, with Gadge really understood that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But also he was a phenomenon, anyway, oh, absolutely. as an actor. Absolutely. And he did his homework. And the tragedy about Marlon is that when he did Shakespeare, when he attempted it, he was, he was really slandered, mm-hmm. yeah. which was so stupid, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. he could have been our yeah. Mark yeah. Rylance. Yes. Really. Oh, absolutely. You know? I mean, to think of all the things that he could have done. I mean, I'd love to have seen his King Lear. Mm-hmm. I would love to have seen a Macbeth out of him. Yes. Yeah, there's so yes. much, so much. But unfortunately, bad reviews took him away from that. Yeah, and and, and he was very vulnerable. You were, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, he Did was. you stay in contact with him up until his passing? Yes. It's great when that can happen. Yeah. You can yeah. get a friendship. We never we didn't quite remain exactly the, in yeah, the same. Yeah, sure. But, you know, I could yell at him and he could yell at me. I think we should ask about Hello, Hello Dolly. Dolly. Hello, yeah, Dolly. Oh this my. is the only part I've never had to audition for. Mm-hmm. I was happened? in Spoleto. I, I, I think I was with John Butler's company mm-hmm. then, a great, great choreographer. Mm-hmm. And I got a call from uh, Gower. And he said, and I didn't know, I mean, I knew who he was. Right. He said, this is Gower Champion, and um, I have this script. Uh, I'm going to send it to you. I said, terrific. So he, I, I was flattered beyond belief. Mm-hmm. He sent it, um, and I read it. And then I called him, and I said, I can't find it. And he said, what, the script? I said, no, the character. He said, that's why I called you. Yep. And so he left, actually, that character. For you to, uh, like, 
put your mark on. And then he he, he originally she uh, Minnie Faye was to wear a, a, an accordion huh. and play the accordion, and I. I thought, oh no, uh uh, honey, oh no, and uh, and they, I said, I can't, I will not, I cannot, uh, you know, I, I said, you know, Minnie Faye is talking about, you know, cherries and feathers. Mm -hmm. That's what she's talking, and and she's never had a date, and and I know exactly what her clothes should look like, mm -hmm. and they said, okay, okay, and um, but how about the Accordion, and I said no. And they said, "Why not?" I said, "Because my boob gets caught in it." And they said, "That's a good enough excuse." Fair enough. Out, <gasps> out. And then it became much more dancing yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. But Gower was one of the cleverest people I have ever worked with. Yes, really. Yeah, not a genius like Jerry, yeah. who, whose vocabulary was sure. endless, endless. His interests were endless, mm -hmm. but Gower. He was a tap dancer. We didn't even have the same rhythm. Mm. We used to argue about rhythm. It's interesting. But I loved him. And I, I loved Mar March Champion mm. is going to be 99 mm. in September. It's incredible. What incredible people. Yeah. They, yeah. Are, they are, were. Oh, yeah. still are and will ever be. Yeah. Um, when you were out of town with Hello Dolly, how how was it? How was it out of town? How was it putting the show on? Because I think that it actually you forget, you know, that there was there was a president who was annihilated, mm -hmm. and what I did that, that time we were in Detroit. Yes, with the Fisher. And I remember so well. I wrote about a little bit about it. Um, they were all huddled around a little radio. Mm -hmm. And I remember I remember Eileen with her pink curlers. Eileen. Eileen Brennan. Uh-huh. Were Eileen you guys Brennan. yeah? Oh yeah. Yeah. We were we were all bonded. Yeah. Because we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We and we were such this is this was really one of the great gifts of Gower. That casting. Yeah. I mean, we were so unlikely you can't imagine. <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow Fort and Wilder, mm -hmm. we hooked in. We knew. Right. We knew. So you were, they were listening around the radio. I interrupted you. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they were huddled around the radio talking about what had happened to Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, and then we heard Carol on the phone talking to the Johnsons, saying, we're going we're gonna to keep, she was very close to the, the Johnsons. Oh. And that we're going to keep going, and blah, 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 blah. and I couldn't believe. And I, at that time, had a friend who, who became, well, he was famous, I guess, then, but we never thought about it like that. And that was Jimmy Baldwin. Mm -hmm. And I called Jimmy, and I was crying. And I said, Jimmy, what should we do? What should I do? And he said, Go out and get some groceries. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget his voice. Oh Go out and get some groceries. Mm -hmm. Just called him up like that. Yeah. It's amazing. Did Hello Dolly change a lot out of town? Yes. In what way? Uh, again, the life of a musical changes mostly the composers. And also, there was one character that was changed, and I never understood why, Barnaby. Every five minutes, there was another Barnaby. <laughs> it's like, not, he's not the biggest character in the show. I mean, it's, I mean, he's... Glenn Walken... I think Glenn Walken, I think mm -hmm. his name was, was the first Bar mm -hmm. Barnaby. He was gone. They came like jujubes. Because he came up with Minnie Faye. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable. I yeah. mean, he was always, there was always a new one. What was it like working with Carol Channing and David Burns? Those David two? Burns was the most hilarious person ever. That's what and we a hear. great yes, actor. Yeah. But every once in a while, if you would pass the scenery, if there was like a hole in it, it was best to go buy it because he put something in there. I mean, you, I, he was hilarious, <laughs> hilarious. And uh, I mean, he just, but you know, I've, I'd seen him in so many plays yes. and he was a wonderful actor and really a loving human being. Mm -hmm. Really, it was very nice. And then how did you get involved with being a consultant to film directors? What a, what a yeah, That was Robert Benton. That was the great Robert Benton from great Kramer Robert versus Benton. Kramer. I I was painting. I also I'm a painter, mm -hmm. so and I had a couple of shows, and I, I was painting 
we, we were studying with, with someone, uh, Sally Benson, who is a great painter. Mm -hmm. And Sally said, my, my husband would like to meet you. And I said, I'd like to meet him too, you know. And, um, and so I did, and he said, I'm not comfortable speaking with actors. And, and I said, well, let me read the script. And I, I don't think I've ever told anybody this, but I, because we're now very good friends. Yeah. Right? We still are good friends. Yeah. I did six movies with Benjamin. And I read the script, Places in the Heart, and I said, Benson, the way I see the script is that Places in the Heart are through the eyes of that little boy. Mm -hmm. And he just burst into tears and he said, you just saved my movie. Mm -hmm. He said, there's only one person who has to know that, and that's Nestor Alamandros. The cinematographer. Yeah, yeah. And I said, no one will ever have to know that, but you, the director has to know that. Yeah. That that's 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 how that movie got born. And Nestor again was such an incredible cinematographer, you know. And you just you learn. I mean, it took great courage uh, for Benton. Because there's, no, I, they said, oh, well, you, you could be the script uh, person. I said, no, I'm not. I want consultant to the director. Nobody has to know. It's such a, uh, an old boys yeah. club out mm -hmm. there, you know. They didn't, have a, they didn't have a title. I said, and I want a chair with my name on it. Or those actors will, will know in five minutes yeah. Who I am and what I'm doing there, yep, yeah. and we would we would rehearse a scene or something for camera, and then they they would say, "Are you and Benton going for a walk?" And we'd say, "Yes, we are," and we would go and just discuss. This oh, has so been an absolute pleasure, Sandra. I hope you I hope you had as good of a time as we did. Um, but you know, you're welcome back on the show anytime. You have no. You ask me back, I'll come back. Amazing. And yeah. once again, we just yes. want to remind our listeners. It's a fantastic book. It's called "I've Slept with Everybody: A Memoir" by Sandra Lee. And the first of that was Marlon Brando. My God. And you can go to Amazon.com to buy it, or yep. other places. Amazon.com, yeah. and yeah. it's it's uh, I, it's probably even less than what it was when it came out. Right. But it's twenty bucks. Oh, I want, I'm I'm going to go home and buy it right now. <laughs> yeah, the photo the photos are fabulous. It's it's broken up. Perfectly. Oh, it's can I read you something? Yes, please. Yeah, no, we'll go just out on at that. the very end. Yes. Why I called it that. A reading by Sandra Lee. I cannot say that people in the arts can't work it out. Yet the levels of rejection, frustration, humiliation, and low self-esteem make it difficult to survive when you know in your heart of hearts that you're gifted. Is it about winning or creating drama in order to be noticed and approved of? Is it about applause and public approval? What is truly schizoid, crazy, existence? If you paint, you have to exhibit. If you write, someone has to read it. And if you perform, someone else has to see you. It is the sense of community, knowing that a community exists. This has been the single largest appeaser and nourisher for most of us. This life, this wonderful life in the arts, is what has kept me going and why I will keep going. Sandra, thank you so much for that. That is absolutely beautiful. And great advice to all of our listeners that want to pursue this passion of theirs. And you can see by Sandra's great life and legacy that uh, that uh, it's, it's, it's so fulfilling and it's absolutely so rewarding. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. And thank you for sharing that. And once again, please buy the book. It's, it's really lovely. Sandra Lee, I've slept with everybody. It's available on Amazon. It's available on Kindle. And I'm sure in many And there's many... a difference between when somebody says, they always say, oh, I've slept with everyone. I said, no, no, no I've no. slept with everybody. No, it's everybody. different. Yeah. Um, thank so, you again. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>
Today's episode was recorded at Shetler Studios on 244 West 54th Street. Visit Shetler Studios to book your room today, and you could be as cool as us. That's S-H-E-T-L-E-R studios.com. And a big thanks to our sound editor, Daniel Schwartzberg, and social media manager, Bethany Ann Selecki. And... Friends, don't forget, we want more folks to hear these incredible stories, and that's where you guys can come in and help us out. Yes, in order for people to find out about us, we need lots of ratings on iTunes. The more ratings, the more they'll come up in searches. So head on over to iTunes, search for Behind the Curtain Broadway's Living Legends, click on our logo, click on ratings and reviews, then write a review and leave us five stars and make us feel as special as Eliza Doolittle on Eliza Doolittle Day. Or you can leave us one star and make us feel as bad as Annie did in that weird production in Boston where Annie dreamed about being adopted and then ended the show back in the orphanage. True story, Rob was there. I saw it. So head on over to iTunes and make us feel even more special than we already do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.